Good evening. Good evening. My name is Kevin. I serve here on the pastoral staff. And we're here tonight to remember Jesus' sacrificial death on a cross. As you saw in the video, before Jesus died on the cross, he had a meal to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. The history of the Passover meal starts way back in the book of Exodus. If you've joined us on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about God's faithfulness uh, throughout the book of Exodus. The Exodus story is a story of Israelites being saved, the slaves being set free from Egypt and becoming a nation that, become, that blesses the world. The Passover meal commemorated the night that the Israelites were set free. That night there was the final plague of, against the Egyptians it occurs and the eldest son dies. But if blood of a spotless lamb was shed on the doors of the Israelites, they would be spared. And God told the Israelites to prepare bread without yeast for their journey out of Egypt. The Passover celebration commemorated the covenant God made with them. From the story, the image of the bread and the wine representing blood came to be part of the Passover celebration. And Jesus now uses these images to represent a new covenant between God and humanity. He shows them the meaning of his coming death. The bread was his broken body. The wine was his blood that would establish a new covenant setting humanity free from sin and death. Let me read to you Luke 22:14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, "I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God." After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Good Friday is the day we remember Jesus' death on a cross. The bread and the cup are signs of Jesus' sacrifice for us. The new covenant meant that sacrifices were no longer needed to be in relationship with Jesus. All people could come to a relationship with God through faith in Jesus as he was the final sacrificial lamb. And so... Jesus shared a meal with his disciples to teach them about his sacrifice for them. We call it communion, but we call it the Lord's Supper. It's a way for followers of Jesus to remember Jesus' death, resurrection, and his return. And we do this together. We do this as a community, united around our dependence on Jesus. And we invite all of you who are followers of Jesus to partake in this together with us. 
Tonight we're not going to eat roast lamb or drink wine. Inflation has made that prohibitive. But we are going to use these fancy little cups instead. Uh, the ushers have some if you didn't get them as you came in. For those of you at home, uh, I hope that you have some elements prepared or just push pause and we'll, you'll catch up with us after you come back. Uh, to open them, you just, there's two layers. You open the top little layer to get the wafer and then you open the second layer to get it at the juice. Um, if you are looking for gluten-free at the main doors, uh, we have some gluten-free wafers as well uh, for you. So we're going to partake of this together. And, uh, and uh, what we'll do is I'll pray first, and then we'll uh, partake of the bread, and then uh, I'll pray again, and we'll partake of the juice, and, uh, and then we'll uh, continue to, to worship and remember Christ's uh, sacrifice. So let's pray together. Father, we, we bless you for the bread, for this sign of Jesus' body, for his life of compassion and his example of humble service. This loaf unites us in the one body and strengthens us for ministry. Lord, remember your body and deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And let's pray again for the juice. Father, we bless you for the cup for this sign of Jesus' shed blood, for his death on the cross, and his sacrifice for sin. This cup welcomes us into a covenant of forgiveness and promises us the richness of eternal life. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed, and we have been brought over from death into life. And Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. I'll invite you to stand again uh, and continue to worship through song. And I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Because Jesus paid it all, all to him. Lord, 
died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat cause Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow Jesus paid it all, and all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. You may be seated. I find it interesting in the last few chapters of Luke that uh, in that last week from the time that Jesus enters into Jerusalem riding on a donkey to the point of his death, there, there are amazing teachable moments. It's kind of like he's trying to get his, his disciples to cram for their final exam. He ends up speaking about worship, about peace, about prayer, repentance, taxes, generosity, marriage, courage in the midst of persecution, and the end times. Luke describes Jesus teaching in the temple and the people just hanging on his every word and the religious leaders trying to trap him in arguments, but Jesus just navigating his way in and out of it. And then as we hit uh, Luke chapter 22, something seems to change. Judas agrees to betray Jesus. The disciples start to argue about who's the greatest. The disciples fall asleep when they should be praying. A fight starts with those who are coming to arrest Jesus. And famously, Peter denies Jesus three times. Jesus is arrested and after the trial, the crowd has now turned on him. It was only a few days later the people had hoped that he would deliver them from the oppression of the Romans. And now they ask for a murderer, an insurrectionist, Barabbas, to be released in his place. They missed Jesus' teaching. They totally missed his point. They failed the final test. I like the line in the, in the video that we watched. The innocent was handed over to be killed and the guilty was set free. This year I've been fascinated by the words to the chief priests and the temple guards of Jesus in uh, chapter 22, verse 53. He says, Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. The innocent Lamb of God acknowledges that this is evil's finest hour. It's so dark, it's so ominous. And Jesus hands himself over to the guards. This is what happens when people lose hope. At the beginning of the week, there was hope that he would set them free. That God would use Jesus to set the Jews free from the Romans in the same way that God used Moses to set the Israelites free from the oppressive Egyptians hundreds of years earlier. They expected this this physical, this political freedom. 
a nation that would no longer be under oppression. But when they saw Jesus just give himself up, they lost hope. And so they turned on him. Crucify him. He got our hopes up. And now he's given himself up to the Romans. This guy is a total letdown. Let him die. Crucify him. It's hopeless. Even though we now know the rest of the story, we know that Jesus was delivering them from the power of sin and death, not just the political oppression of the Romans, we still end up making the same mistake. We lose hope because we don't see our physical circumstances improving. And so we blame God. Many of us have have struggled over the past years. Job loss, family members dying alone, arguments about vaccines and masks, loneliness. And many have lost hope because we haven't seen our circumstances improving. Many of us have blamed God. Many of us have, in one way or another, given up. Sometimes it looks as simple as, a, as compromising a, a basic belief or telling a little fib, maybe taking a sharp jab at a coworker that's described as a joke. And as we do these things, in some way we give in and we allow sin to reveal itself in our lives. Darkness reigns. Hope is lost. And tonight, I invite you to allow the Spirit of God to point out those areas of your life where you've lost hope or where you've given in to sin in your life. As we read about the crucifixion of Jesus, the only one who seems to get it at the very last second is the second criminal on the cross. He's speaking to the other criminal when he says, We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now Luke doesn't say what crime he committed, but he recognizes his own actions led him to getting to what he deserved. But he also recognizes Jesus' innocence. And something happens. He acknowledges Jesus' kingdom is beyond the physical ways of this world. There is hope in Jesus, beyond what is just seen in this life. Today is a day where we remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. He was perfect, he was innocent, and yet he offered himself as a sacrifice so that we, the guilty, could be set free from the consequence of sin and death. He died so that we could have hope. Because of Jesus, even though we may physically die, we can have eternal life. Because of Jesus, we can have hope in the midst of the darkest moments. So tonight we want to give an opportunity to physically respond by coming forward and confessing areas of your life where sin has been allowed to reign. It's an act of renewed hope. Even though we sin, 
and we deserve the spiritual consequences of our actions, we recognize that Jesus has paid the price for us by dying on the cross. We are guilty, but he paid the price. And so there is hope for us. So in front of you, we have some paper, and we invite you to come up and write out those sins on the paper. Fold it in half, and then we're going to lay it at the foot of the cross as a way to give these things over to Jesus. For those of you at home, you can find a way to, to visualize this, or you can journal about it. If you have paper somewhere, you can, you can write it down yourself. And as you lay those, those things down and return to your seat, remember that it's because of Jesus, it's because of the cross that you can have hope. So we'll give you some time to pray, to confess, and then when you're ready to come forward, we'll have four songs, songs that focus on the cross of Jesus so that you'll have some time to pray and reflect. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for the cross. You willingly gave yourself up. Even though you were innocent, you gave yourself up for the guilty so that we may have life. Thank you, Jesus, that because of you, we can have hope. We can have hope in this life and we can have hope in the next life. We thank you for the cross. We give you praise, Jesus, in your name. Amen.